Welcome everyone to the second podcast of the People and Dance Floors project. Yay! Woo! We're back. And this time there is a role reversal. So I'm going to be your host, Giulia Zampini, and I'm interviewing my project partner, Eve, Dr. Eve Bach Matthews. And, um, and this is because um, Eve's research and current project are very relevant to the broader kind of themes, ethos and sentiment of the People and Dance Force project. And well, mainly because Eve's research is about music festivals. So what, you know, what, what's more relevant than, than music festivals? So I guess to start with, I would ask you what inspired you to uh, do research about festivals? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great introduction. Um, I think why well, I, I started going to Leeds first when I was um fourteen, um, and there was really something about that space that spoke to me. And it wasn't just the kind of chaoticness and the kind of the energies in there, but there was something very different. Um, so I really wanted, like I say, from being fourteen, I recognised it as quite an interesting space. There was something kind of alternate about what was really going on in that. Um, it was a dif- different kind of connection or community in there. Um, and then following that through undergrad, kind of stayed in academia. I did geography as an undergrad and and then um, peace studies. And again, looking at community, what draws or brings people into the same place and how that place in turn kind of affects identity belonging community so a bit of a long way around saying I really I love the space and I wanted to know in more more kind of tangentially what was going on there well I can totally totally see the geographer Mm. the geographer in you is coming out hard (laughs) it's like the space and the place and then community and belonging and of course to me, you know, the dance floor is a place for community and belonging. And I think you have the same sort of view of the dance floor. But of mm. course, the festival adds another layer. You know, it's not just about dance floor. It's something more, something maybe more complex, more varied, more layered and multiple. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, maybe we could... Um, start with um, the significance of festivals for people. So mm. how would you characterise the role of festivals in people's lives? Why yeah, are no, they... Sorry, go ahead. You've got it. Yeah. No, great great question. Why why that space? And I think they are the dance floor that carries on. They, they go on. They're the, the dance floor that kind of goes through the night and into the next morning, into the next day and into the next night and next morning. So they become a bit of... of um, or a temporal autonomous zone, or what Hacking Bay kind of talks about in in kind of punk poetry around this space that enables or brings out something. Um, they kind of facilitate a different way of being with one another, and again, kind of drugs feed into this, but an alternative way of. Um, doing and being with one another but also about you know bodies and drug consumption um you know it's no coincidence that the first kind of on-site front of house testing of pills and powder happened at a festival um because music festivals kind of allow for an alternative to emerge they 
because you're in it for a longer period of time, you're in that community and that that dance floor for a long period of time, you start to conjure and enable community, belonging, identity over a larger kind of period of time. And that in itself then creates more possibilities, more potentials. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I got a bit too yeah, no, philosophical no, no, no. there. No, but, no, that makes, um, makes total sense. And obviously I, I can relate. I mean, I've, I used to be mm. like a festival virgin up until quite recently, uh, uh-huh. as in like a UK music festival virgin. I've been to festivals before, but those were kind mm. of more traditional festivals, maybe something like a carnival, like a traditional carnival in Italy or um, something yeah, more traditional, perhaps less uh, focused on music and, and drug consumption. Mm. And then having come to festivals uh, you know, a bit later when I was a little bit, maybe when my analytical mind was a little bit more developed, I can totally relay and see all the, all the aspects that you are highlighting as, uh, some, as, as something that I, I myself experienced. I couldn't believe this kind of like extension of this liminal space that just kind of continued on and, and the effect that that was having on, on people's behavior. People didn't behave like they normally do. Even in, in a dance floor environment, even in even even at a rave, you know, which can last up to like thirty six hours sometimes, mm. but usually like more like ten twelve hours. And so yeah, I mean, it definitely all resonates with me. Um, yeah, and it makes me Quite think about the carnival because obviously festivals have always been with us. Mm. Um, so in a sense, it's, not, it's they're nothing new, but um, but I guess there are the, the novelty aspect now is that they kind of happen within uh, a different style of society one that is more maybe concentrated on obviously there is there is there are things like commercialization of spaces uh individualist kind of consumption patterns and all that kinds of stuff but i still feel despite those things that sometimes we see as negative that the kind of community belonging aspect of festivals still shines through um, oh definitely definitely um the Bactinian kind of Bactine's been used as an analysis for festivals for a long time because festivals are part of a, a lineage of traveling fairs, of carnival, or spaces or outbursts of this subversion. Um, and I think festivals are just the new, um, or, or kind of music festivals um, are this this new kind of concept. Of my doctorate work looked specifically at camping festivals. Because again, I'd, I'd make a bit of a delegation between day festivals and those experiences people have in music festival spaces that go through the night, through the bad weather, through all that kind of shared living. Mm-hmm. It's something that there's dropped out of a lot of uh, people's way of being with one another, but festivals bring us back to that living in very close proximity. Mm. Um, and I don't know, you know, a lot of my experiences are... Uh, much like dance floor, but there's a there's a different level of trust and connection, mm. um, which again drugs can facilitate. But also, it is there's something around that space that encourages a closer connection quicker mm. Mm. through shared shared experience of that that dance floor. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like a double speed of the close proximity and the way mm. that people are enabled within that space, how it's organized, and then the drugs mm. that further facilitate that kind of speeding up of connection and feeling like your experience is truly shared with others. So what is the kind of, because you were saying about the potential, the pot- potentialities, what, it, you know, what, mm. is the, what, how, what do you see the kind of 
potential of that in terms of becoming you know what why why is it so important yeah we'll bring it back to kind of conversations around kind of recreational drug use but i think it's a safe space for drug consumption in a different way it's an unjudged space a lot of the time Mm. um harm reduction welfare and pretty lights kind of emphasize the festival space which for recreational drug use it it all um enables for safe um drug use especially with agencies like um the loop who do um kind of testing as well as things like chill welfare that offer again kind of safe spaces um and even down to the aesthetic being in nature being you know potentially in fields around when you know in open space that many have neglected or or don't have in their kind of every day so i think even just on the one thing of of kind of drug taking i think festivals have this potential to offer a way forward for drug taking or at least these different alternate ways of thinking about mm. drug consumption and mm. safety around drug mm. consumption harm reduction around mm. drug consumption but also just I'll, I'll finish this this round off but the um the community mm. so knowing that you know you're around people that would support you or would have experience of or would again maybe strangers to you may not but there is a caring community again that we see on the dance floor because you know it's a shared understanding that you might be a bit munted but it's Mm. all right because they know what it feels like Mm. um so i guess a bit of a blueprint for for that Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you know the experiences or the kind of the shared caring aspect of festivals Mm -hmm. that that um enabled by that different space should be carried forward or outside mm. of the festival environment as a style of caring as a style of harm reduction practices and expand to kind of broader environments maybe of the of the urban of the city that is much more i don't know unforgiving and uh, rigid <laughs> in a way you know like i always think about Definitely. the difference between the festival environment as an experience of uh, dance floors and, and drug taking compared to a club within within a city mm. or something. It's really not the same, is it? It's like... No. Yeah. When you have bouncers versus stewards, mm. where you have harm reduction versus kind of paramedics, mm. um, it's, it's a very different kind of environment or space to be doing these things or even just things like, you know, experiences of a come down mm. and actually um, being out in nature and surrounded by people... Um, is a better place or emphasis around um, caring community than, you know, the the daily grind and how unnatural that that really is. But that'll send me down a capitalist consumption kind of <laughs> avenue that we don't we don't have time to. Yeah. We don't want to go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I I think I'm interested in this kind of idea of of harm reduction as almost innate to the festival mm. environment uh, by nature of. Uh, the space, its connection with nature, but also say, you know, for example, when I think about a club and, and a bouncer, I always think about people having to take drugs in a way, in a danger, in a more dangerous mm. way, because it's mm-hmm. hidden, it's in unsanitary spaces, it's in, you know, it, it can be, it can, it can, you know, it can escalate or it can lead down to, uh, yeah, more harmful consumption patterns or indeed like mm. criminalization of individuals, you know, if people are found out and so on. And, you know, if I compare that to maybe the festival, it's a very different 
type of environment, as you say, you know, stewarding, harm reduction, chill out tents, um, mm. and, you know, just generally more open and, and, and free and less kind of risky type of consumption. And I think it does encourage, especially if things, I mean, uh, testing goes so, so far in, in reducing risks, but also I think the ability for people who are having a bad time to come forward and say that and seek support is different in a festival than it would be in a club. So again, mm. I think those kind of inbuilt um, feeling um, safe or able to do those things, able to get your stuff tested or able to come forward if stuff's going wrong or, or mm. anything happens, I think festivals have got that or that space facilitates that. And of course we know that's with, you know, that testing has... Uh, translated into, um, you know, has had very positive outcomes, um, mm. you know, uh, in terms of, for example, deaths on site, you know, we haven't, you know, testing has basically, you know, it, it contributed to prevent that in a way that, you know, maybe couldn't have been, could have been the case before. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's definitely, it's a place for experimentations in, in lots of different ways. Um, so obviously I know that you're, you've, you've, you've thought about this long and hard. You've written your PhD <laughs> thesis about, uh, about festivals. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you now is really about the impact of coronavirus and the pandemic on, on, on festivals in general and mm. on obviously people and, and, and having hindered people from having this ritual in their life. There's this kind of. Uh, place in their life where they could go yeah so it kind of brings us full circle to that that work first kind of why why do people need festivals um and it's so important we meet myself and colleagues at cardiff university from the festival research group just put out um a survey at the beginning of the summer to look at before everyone cancelled but to look at you know if you're um, what, what are you missing by potentially not going to a festival this summer? And as we put that out, we then listed as more and more festivals kind of had to close their doors, had to had to cancel. And I think Bolter Festival was the last one to kind of hang on in there. But to capture this moment, um, I'm very, very much hoping that this moment is just that. Um, however, Llama Tree Festival announced this week that they will be cancelling their 2020 uh, festival and they'll be back in sorry they'll be cancelling their 2021 festival and they'll be hopefully back in 2022 um so already um some of the small independent festivals are struggling just as as the independent music kind of sector is it's really disheartening anyway so we wanted to know really what why were these outbursts so important to people um and so some great insights really from across the spectrum of of festivals mm. around just what we've been talking about people saying that these outbursts or these these times this escapism is more meaningful than just escapism and actually is really necessary part um of their identity and well-being mm. um mm. and i yeah. think oh yeah just um again your podcast uh, previously talking, well, these outbursts will happen. They'll happen in the form of raves. They'll happen in other ways if we don't have festivals. Mm, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely not something that can be prevented. And if it is prevented through a kind of mm. the hard fist of criminal justice, uh, 
and policing, then, you know, the consequences are maybe going to come out uh, and expressed in ways that are potentially more negative, you know, in terms of um, effects on people's well-being, mental mm-hmm. health and so on. And, you know, why does escapism have such a bad name? <laughs> it's just, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, we usually think about it as negative. I think in part because we're so subdued by this kind of capitalist mentality that, you know, yep. we have to be productive at all times and we don't understand the balance that needs to be mm. s- struck between you know, productivity, but also creativity and outlet and, and so on. What uh, happens when this escapism is actually escapism from, you know, consumption and capitalism, which in itself is is the driving force of all ill health and yeah. unhealth and yeah. it stops being escapism and just becomes, yeah, drive to the in the right direction. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, of course. And then what motivates all these kind of, uh, you know, if you want to like have a crude and crude and kind of raw reading of it, it's like, oh, it's just it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> it's just mm. like we always come back to that, don't we? And it's a bit depressing because human life is so much more uh, layered yeah. and 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 uh, you know, I don't want to use the word complex all the time, but it's you know, it's that it's, it's those layers, is that kind of like multiplicity of it that we need to acknowledge as important and as as important to be expressed (laughs) yeah um completely so so yeah so you've got this survey out and Mm -hmm. we're going to put the link to the survey in the little bio introduction so that people can go and and check it out and 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 participate because obviously festival season is you know coming to an end now but it's not quite over Mm -hmm. yet and uh, and and obviously you still want to hear from from people and how it how it's affected them. Definitely, it's five minutes um, longer if you want to tell us more. But it's a very quick one. We don't take any details at all. It's all anonymous. Um, and yeah, we we're just capturing like we've discussed today some of the thoughts or feelings. If you've ever been to a festival ever, please give us your insights. All of it is gonna go towards. Again, a, a group of people, a group of academics that love festivals and are, are seeking out kind of qualitative um, data, evidence to, to highlight its cultural capital, mm. to highlight why it's so important and why we should be saving it, why we feel it isn't, you know, something that we can let just disappear from, from UK culture, from our mm. summers. Yeah, it's such an important part of, the culture in this country i mean from the perspective of somebody who was not born in britain and having kind of learned about it over the years i, I understand how central it is to people's lives but also to, to the music industry to mm. um you know also independent and underground music scenes and and yeah just the ability for people to come together and, and express themselves but you know, ultimately, obviously, I know you want, you're trying to hear from other people, but I also want to hear from you. What has it meant for you to not go to festivals this summer? You know, what, how has it impacted you personally? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, like everyone, I think, think everyone took a, a big um, hit. But again, it's, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. It's not just um, festivals, but live musics, uh, live music um, gathering of kind of like minded, humans um i was i was lucky enough to be healthy enough to um do extinction rebellion last week and i'd miss just being around like-minded human beings socially distanced but like-minded human beings but when you cut off these or our bubbles of connection 
um, you really lose these these kind of moments of solidarity or feelings of, of belonging and and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that's a dingy nightclub or a field in Winchester. Um, yeah, it's it's again going back to the reflections in our last podcast. We need these moments. Um, overall, what I'm missing the most about this summer and what keeps kind of returning to my mind. I really miss a good mosh pit, which I, which I'm not going to get anytime soon. But like yeah. every, even even if I go to you know half a dozen festivals, I'll feel I'll feel sad if I don't get a really decent mosh pit. Um, so that is the one thing that's just been playing on my mind. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. And um, I mean, it's this is this is all uh, really resonating with me as well. And and also the. The, the, the sort of social isolation that we can feel mm. even if you know b- before you know I live in London and I'm like I don't necessarily miss the big the big crowd of like being on the tube but mm. I do miss the big crowd of being lost in in you know like um just below a stage or yeah on the dance floor and feeling like um yeah connected with people and and, and in that way so mm. yeah I've even just from our talks like I was thinking back that it it almost you suppress those feelings. So I've not listened to any angry music in ages, any kind of like you know bangers. Because yeah. I'm like, it's just it's gonna make me cry or it's gonna make me angry. But that mute, you know what I mean? There's there's bangers that really kind of get you up and off your feet. Mm-hmm. And it's like I really miss that, and I miss it so much that I'm actually I've stopped listening. Mm-hmm. It's a bit too painful. How how strange is that? But yep. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's uh it's you you've got to keep yourself away from those triggers because otherwise, uh it's it's it can it can be <laughs> painful, can't it? So yeah, of yeah. course, of course. But hopefully, you know, we'll we will all listen and dance to bangers soon again. Mm. And um, yeah, I can't wait. And also, hopefully, me and you together as well. Definitely, <laughs> we will get there. A couple of we didn't manage before lockdown, but eventually. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But anyway, um, this has been great. I always feel like uh, these conversations keep me alive and give me life and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. thank did, you. Did you, want to, did you want to add anything before we go? Um, no, no. Just like a, a mini, you know, go and do the survey, the questionnaire. We're going to keep yeah. it open another kind of couple of weeks just to capture the kind of end of completely anonymous, takes five minutes. And yeah, I've think it's quite cathartic to get those ideas if you've ever been to a festival tell us about it we really want to hear and hopefully that will help to um evidence and validate that the importance that these events hold in people's lives so that we can ask um you know for the government to consider it a, a worthy cultural enterprise and therefore also invest some funds and avoid the kind of um I don't know, the, the, the economic downfall that then could cause the closure of some festivals, though hopefully not, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, completely. <sighs> okay, well, we are going to be back, so we'll, I'm sure, watch this space for yep. um, further conversations with us and our colleagues and friends. And take care of yourselves. Bye, okay, everyone. Bye. bye. Thanks, Eve.